What's poppin' sweets? Your favorite baker and host is back with a brand new episode of Cookies and Conversation. First and foremost, before I get too deep into this, I want to apologize for my congestion (laughs) because allergies are a bitch, but we're here. (laughs) And then on that note, it is a great day to be a quander. And on today's episode, I have my cousin twin and my fellow Virgo, Shamika. How are we feeling today? Hey, I'm feeling great. I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm very tired. Um, I just been tired lately. So I'm good, but I'm tired. I'm thinking about my bed, but hopefully I'll fall asleep. That's the thing. Okay, I hope. Okay, no, <laughs> I, I don't want to keep you up. You know, no, I that's it. I, I do that. I'll be sleepy, and then when I get in the bed, I'll be in the bed like on my phone or on Hulu till like almost two o'clock in the morning. So it's my fault. Trust me, this is I'm fine. That's my but life. Thank you. I'll be like, <laughs> okay, okay, cool. Just as long as you get some sort of sleep, that's all I care about. Totally understand. Like I'm the same way too. I'm very like. You know what? I'd be like, look, I'm beat. And then my issue is I either lay down and I'm up, excuse me, I'm up all night or I sit down and I crash. And my problem is that nine times out of 10, I'm going to sleep wherever I'm sitting. So like, don't let me be tired and not moving because I'm going to fall asleep. Like I will fall asleep on the floor. I'll fall asleep on the sofa. I will fall asleep almost anywhere. Like it's really bad. I just be tired all the time. So I feel you. (laughs) <laughs> yes. I recently started sleeping on my couch um, within the last year. I think it's because growing up, my mom, they play those type of games. You don't fall asleep on the couch. If you're feeling sleepy, you need to go on the floor or you go in your room. In your yes. Bed. And now I'm like, you know what? I'm a grown adult and I pay for this furniture. I'm just going to take a little nap. I'm not going, you know, I try not to go over too long, but a little cat nap here and there on my couch. So I've been doing that r- recently for like a year now you deserve you deserve see me like I just end up I just ended up falling asleep on them like it wasn't like any any rhyme or reason I just be out and I would wake up hella confused and I'm like all right so I was definitely watching tv what is going on so (laughs) (laughs) but enough of that who are you and what are we sipping on okay well of course you know I am the cousin. I'm the cousin twin. I'm Shamika. And tonight I am sipping on, I'm not even going to hold you, some hot chocolate because I mm-hmm. am participating in a challenge right now at my gym. And I'm not able to drink any alcohol for eight weeks. I'm not a heavy drinker, but, you know, occasions like this, I will probably, you know, open up a bottle of wine, get a glass of few in. But I am mm-hmm. drinking hot chocolate right now. I love this for you. I love hot chocolate. Like, I actually made some hot chocolate from scratch, like, a few weeks ago, and it was hitting. And I'm trying to figure out why I haven't done that before. Like, I I feel like I was missing out all of these years, and now I'm looking at my parents like, what is this? Like, this changed the game for me. I, You know, I, over time, I transition from not being, I don't want to say a heavy drinker, but, like, I love myself some wine. But now it's just kind of like, Okay, whatever. <laughs> right. I'm not no, like, really pressed over it. Yeah. yeah. I'm a social drinker. Um, I can definitely say that. Um, That's like me. last weekend, I went out to happy hour with one of my friends, and like she's sitting in front of me drinking. Of course, I'm sitting there drinking water, looking like a cornball, but it is what it is. <laughs> I got goals I'm trying to achieve right now. Um, exactly. So not saying that she's not, but of course she's not doing a challenge like I am right now. So I just had to live through her while she sipped her libation. I'm just sitting there drinking my water. It's like ice. must be nice. 
Right, it definitely was nice, and I was eating a salad as well. <laughs> Hated it. Okay, come on. All right, wellness. <laughs> we love to see it. One thing I love is your dedication to the gym. It is so, um, it's so admiring, and I, I love that for you. Like, cause you be going in, and I'm like, you better put in this work. That's what I'm talking about. It's, yeah. it's good to see. Yeah. Um. You know, growing up, I was an athlete. Growing up, I played softball. And of course, you know, when you finish high school, you go to college, you know, not everybody becomes like a collegiate athlete. Uh, some people, they leave those things behind. And I was just one of those type of people, like, I will work out here and there in college. And then um, in grad school, I had got diagnosed with a thyroid condition. I've gained, at the time, I had gained like over 50 pounds in my first semester of grad school. Mm-hmm. So I had a, you know really start working out because I didn't want to do surgery or medications. Not saying there's nothing wrong with that, but I really try to push through and beat the odds and do things holistically. So that's why um, I work out and I've been really on it for like the last going on two years. I have an amazing trainer. I go to an all women's gym. Shout out to her flex fitness um, yes. off of Richie road. Yes. So I go there, you know, not only for that, but you know, for my stress reliever as well, because I do work in healthcare. And I'm a social worker by trade. I don't do social work right now. So that's why I go to the gym. Um, but yeah, some days I hate it. Some days I don't. But once I go and I finish, I feel accomplished. So that's one thing I feel yeah. about it. My, so what you said, you aren't doing social work right now? No, I'm not. Okay. So when you were, like, how are you finding that time to disconnect? Or how did you find that time to disconnect? Because I'm sure, like, it can be you know, time consuming first and foremost, but like energetically, like it could probably be a lot. I'm sure. Yes, it is. Um, right now I'm a care coordinator. So one thing with social work is not what people think. A lot of people um, have this stereotype that we work for child protective services or adult protective right. services. All we do is snatch kids out their home. And that's not true. Social workers, they become caseworkers like myself. I'm a care coordinator, so I'm doing like case management aspect of social work. And I work for a health insurance company. Prior to that, I was a hospital social worker. I've been in level uh, one, level two trauma hospitals. I've done the NICU, mom and baby, step down, cardiac unit, ortho unit, um, the emergency room. So I have my background is healthcare because I believe everybody deserves um, fair healthcare. And at times, some people do have to get it for free, um, you know, on charity. But yeah. that is one thing that I am strong about is just advocating to make sure people get the things that they need. So that's why it's important to have social workers in healthcare. See, like, and like you're right. Like, so often people think it's just like, oh, we're going to come and get your kids. And like, that's just literally not it. It sounds like it doesn't overwhelm you, though. No, I won't say that. <laughs> okay, girl. I'm not going to lie. I'll be very honest. Um, It's very overwhelming. Um, you know, I'm currently dealing with burnout because of COVID. You know, I do go to homes. I do home visits. Um, and my members of my case, so they are receiving services inside their home because they're at risk for being placed in the nursing facility. But we're trying to keep them at home, but we want to make sure they're safe at home so that they have the services at home. But I just making sure that everything is aligning and there's no fraud, waste and abuse going on. I'm connecting them to the different resources. Yeah. Um, my caseload right now is 72 members from um, toddlers all the way to geriatrics. So I have a broad variety of members on my caseload. And I'm also a trainer. 
um, at my job. They're called SMEADS. I basically help people troubleshoot through different applications. And then I help new hires as well. I train them. And then I do my actual work at the same time. Now, I don't train people a lot, but here and there I may have to do a training. But as a SME, I'm the person that you call on when you need help through something. But I still got to make sure that I do my work at the same time. Mm. So I have to meet the demands. You know, I have to turn my work in 48 hours. I have to go to meetings that are sometimes last minute and mandatory. So it is very frustrating at times. Like I said, I am burnt out right now. Yeah. Um, but I am trying to stay on top of my health care, my own health, um, and just making sure that it doesn't become too much because I have seen fellow social workers, you know, their health deteriorate because of the stress that we go through. Yeah. Yeah. And then once you add COVID to it, it's just like a completely different layer. I know for a fact that COVID has had me completely burned out. So I'm right there with you and <laughs> I'm right there with all of you. Yeah. Like, I think like, I think the sad part for me is like, and I'm very open about it. It's like, I went from having all the time in the world, like the first few months of COVID to having, and then, I mean, obviously I was still working, but it was easier to like spread out my, my business time, my self-care time. And obviously mom time is all around the clock. So we're not even going to count that, but like going from being able to balance out everything effortlessly to literally having to carve out time and hope I can get to everything on my to-do list with taking care of myself in there like it really like it really messed me up and I was just like mm -hmm. you know what it's going it's going to get right at some point we just vibing so right now I gotta take it easy I knew we were going to touch on social work um I feel like whenever people ask me about social work they always want to ask me questions and I love it. I don't, I don't mind talking about it. So I already knew that was going to be touched. So I'm glad that you asked me about Yay! it. You know, cause like, and I'm, you know, and I'm glad that we talked about it too, because like, it's, it's so important. Like you, like everyone has like this, I feel like this negative view on it and it's not that, you know what I mean? I think, um, being a social worker is like one of the most important jobs and mm -hmm. I think that social workers like don't get enough credit one of my um previous employees who's one of my best friends she actually wants to be a social worker too and like given her circumstances and her story like she'll be on um cookies and conversation soon to like share her story and it just really touches me and seeing how passionate she is about it too it just it really moves me I think that I, I don't know I, I just think people need to educate themselves more on it. So I'm really glad that we were able to talk about it too. Definitely. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So obviously like, you know, COVID has been a lot. Work can be a lot and you are still making time for yourself. But even looking through everything that has happened, let's say since the top of COVID to now, what would you say is one of the, um, one of the toughest decisions you've made so far? Or one of like the toughest things you've had to deal with? Oh, wow. Um, I can say that during this last year, my mental health has been tested truly. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go into a lot of details of it, but I was in a wedding at one point. And I had to, unfortunately, step down from out the wedding because it was just too many issues going on. It was too much friction. And in that process, I lost a friend that I had for over 10 years. 
And that hurt a lot. I didn't want to do it, but I had to choose me. I'm not going to tolerate disrespect. Yeah. You know, and gaslighting, that's not my thing. So I can say that was one of the toughest things because when I say I'm going to do something for somebody, I follow through on my word. And I want to make sure that I do what I say and I do it in a timely manner. And I do everything that's needed and required of me. Yeah. And with that, you know, situation, I did have to step down and that was pretty hard for me to do so. I understand that too. I, I will say I'm right there with you. I had to cut off so many people um, throughout COVID and it wasn't even like, I don't even want to blame COVID. It's not even that. I just think that the, I think the pandemic highlighted a lot of stuff that I didn't see before. You know what I mean? Like it really showed me who holds weight in my life and who doesn't, right? I think what really um, opened my eyes was um, having to cut off or rather distance myself from people like that are very close to my child. You know, like one person is her godmother. She wasn't there for me when I'm, you know, I spoke up about being assaulted. She was aware of everything that was going on. You know, she saw my tweets. She was looking up stories, everything like that. I love and hate social media for this reason, but I digress. So, like, it sucks because, like, you know, she's clearly aware of what's going on. But then she was like, yeah, so are you coming to my birthday party? Like, I I don't know. Like, I, you, you see what's going on, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely understand. I yeah. definitely feel that. You know, you know, um, like, it's right. And it's like, it's not that I, it's not that I didn't want to be there. But then at the same time, it's like mentally and emotionally and then we in a pandemic i'm not trying to be around people that i don't know and on top of that you ain't mm-hmm. with social distancing i'm good like yeah no thank you got yes ma'am got you uh, on that all right <laughs> like but i'm sure that that situation like was a lot like because i think you and i briefly talked about that too we did um, yeah people they, they just be showing out and you know i always talk about how you have to meet people where they are and it, it sucks. Like, I, I think one of the hardest, I think, friendship breakups I had was with my best friend of over 20 years. He just kind of, like, randomly left me high and dry. He was, um, thank God we didn't go through, like, all, like, the whole procedures for godparents and stuff. But he was Tyler's godfather. And he left me high and dry when, like, when baby daddy left me and I'm in and out of court with him and all this kind of stuff. Like, he just ghosted me. And then gaslighted me in my workplace. And I was like, I cannot believe this is happening. It, it just sucks. You never want to, like, lose people. But at the same time, when you, you know, cut some people off, you you elevate a little bit. You know, you get rid of the dead weight, unfortunately. That's yeah, it definitely allows room for growth for your own stuff. Because, you know, I do believe people are in your life for reasons and seasons. Um, yes. However that saying goes. And it may hurt, but eventually down the line, you're going to look back. And you're going to realize why things happen. I do believe God has a reason for everything. And he orchestrates a lot of things in our lives. So we may be put into situations that we may not like. It's very uncomfortable. But, you know, down the line, you're going to realize why it happened. That may help you, you know, being a mother. You get to tell baby girl stories that you went through. Because I'm pretty sure our moms that already told us stuff when we were growing up about friendships. Because we only been through it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Oh, come on. Look at that. Yes. So to me, I I know you to be a very fair person. You're also a Virgo. So like you, I get you a lot. <laughs> do, you, <laughs> do you think that it's 
better to be right or to be peaceful? Okay, so I'm I'm be very honest because I already know prior to coming to this platform, you told me to be myself. Yes. Um, <laughs> I go with peaceful because I don't want to have to whoop your ass. <laughs> That's what my thing is. Um, I rather, especially now that I'm older and wiser. Yeah. And I have to think about things and the outcomes of it the best way I can when I'm in a situation, because sometimes you can't think clearly. And if I can choose peace over violence. I would do that um, yeah. because it just takes a lot out of me when I have to get out of character and have to correct somebody mm. and be right about something. Um, so I sometimes would just choose peace. I'm good with walking away from things. And that's something that I am working on with, you know, setting boundaries and being more vocal about things without flying off the hinges because mm. that's my thing. Cause it's like, I'm trying to talk to you about something maybe and then you say the wrong thing, you get disrespectful. Now I got to And then it's like, you said what? Right. Now I got to think about like, oh man, I can't get out in trouble out here. Like I'm not young no more. Like I really got to be mindful of what I say and do. But I'm yeah. good at, you know, blocking immediately. I will block you while the bubbles is up and you replying. Yes. That's me. Yeah. No, I feel you. Like I think I always try, I always try to be both. That is my issue. Like, because I feel like it's possible to, to be right. And I feel like it's also possible to be peaceful at the same time. Now, mm -hmm. like, does being right always mean peace is going to come from it? No. But I just think that it comes with, like, a level of maturity. See, me, right. I'm trying to do better with walking away. I'm not very good at walking away. Because, like, I, I, okay. I'm very stuck between a rock and a hard place because, like, I'm like you in that sense. But I feel like sometimes, because <laughs> I'm so passionate, and my feelings kind of take over a little bit. I'm like, well, I ain't no bitch, so this is what I got to right. say. <laughs> like, I'm right. not, at that time, I'm not thinking about peace. I'm like, well, you got me fucked up, and this is where, and this is why, and I want to fix it now. <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> to do better. It is not so hard. I think I've learned over the last couple of years, how I didn't really have a lot of boundaries. It's like, I learned where my boundaries were. I, I noticed how I gave people a lot of passes. Like even when I saw the red flags and the yellow flags and it just really, I don't know. I think it just added to how I was lacking peace within myself. Like after being mm -hmm. with Tyler's dad, I worked to a place of, ultimate peace and it was so hard to get there you know like because you're talking about like legal stuff and like just family matters it gets to be crazy especially when you're trying to you know <laughs> take care of yourself and work and yeah. it just it can be a lot it just got to a point where it was like you know you really have to look within yourself and keep yourself in check because if whatever's around you isn't bringing you peace you really got to look at you you really got to like focus or hyper focus on yourself and then after that like it's a wrap <laughs> my, no, my peace was definitely you know uh, my peace was definitely disturbed and tested throughout covid but you know we here and we working and we healing and that's all that matters <laughs> definitely and i'm all for it it's a journey but oh child we making it is there anything that you say or would you say that there's anything that you worry about too much 
You know, I worry, and this going to sound crazy. Some they're gonna be like, "What the hell?" I worry about dying too soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's mainly because of everything that's going on in the world right yeah. now, um, especially with our community as Black people as a whole, not just Black men, but Black women, Black trans, Black people in general. Like, we're all just being attacked right now for no reason mm-hmm. while trying to fight through COVID and other illnesses and things like that. And recently, I've been noticing, like, I'm scared that I am just going to die before I get to fulfill the things that I want to fulfill. Even though, like I said earlier, God has already seen how my life is going to play out. Mm. Um, you know, I always make sure that I be, I'm grateful when I pray every day. And I pray at least twice a day. And I always show gratitude. And I just want to make sure that I'm able to fulfill my purpose while I'm here. Because that's my biggest fear. Like, I don't do everything that I was supposed to do while I'm here because I'm taking too soon. Mm. Oof. Ooh, I felt, ooh, I could not have worded it any better myself. And you know what's crazy about you saying all of this and me even asking this is that this is, for whatever reason, like I've been, that specifically has been on my mind heavy this week. I'm like, I pray to God I can make it to X age or this age. I hope I can make sure that, you know, Tyler makes it to this age. I was actually just on a live the other day and the one this is one of the things we briefly talked about and the thing that I worry about the most with Tyler is only because of how just how society is. I worry that people will see the color of her skin and then automatically think that she's a threat. Already one, they're going to think that because she's black. Like let's get that out of the way. Unfortunately, that's what yeah. it is. But two, it's because of um how deep her melanin is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I hope that people, I, I pray for her safety every day and I pray for mine too. You know, like I, I'm all about moving in a way that honors Tyler. I think that sometimes I worry that even if I move in the way that honors Tyler, like it just, somebody may be like, oh, okay, with the gun and boom, it's a mass shooting. Like it's, I try not to think about that kind of stuff, but with how the news how heavy it's been, the mass shootings. And then, like you said, specifically our community, we just, we get attacked unprovoked and it sucks. And I yeah. think that because of all of that too, it's like, it makes me want to live my most authentic life even more. It makes me want to make sure that I'm fulfilling whatever I can do before that end comes. And I, I literally could not have worded any better. I don't even think I can add to it. See, people, yeah. people just be taking words out of my mouth, child. Look at that. You know, my bad. It's so oh, no, 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 it's cool. I know, no, it's fine. Like, every Virgo I have on here does this to me. Each of y'all. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter what we're talking about. I'll be like, well, I feel the same way. I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. it's good. What is one thing that you hope for, whether it's for yourself, uh, your future, um, society, anything? For me, um, right now, I am learning to take my goals and the things I live for one step at a time. And right now, my main focus is for me, I want to get my LCSW. Um, That's licensed clinical social worker. Mm -hmm. Um, I am working towards having that license. 
And that's the one thing that I'm just focused on right now. That's the one thing I need. That's the one thing I want that I've been working hard for. And that's the one I just need that. Yeah. Um, because that takes me up another notch in the field. Um, because once you are LCSW, you are licensed to be an actual therapist. And you can either work at your own private practice or you can um, partner with a person who already has their practice, just, you know, gain some experience. And I feel that we need more people of color in the mental yeah. health field. Ooh. And that's the one thing that I am striving for that I need to get that I want right now for myself mm. in long term. Well, I know it's going to happen. Like, you're so dedicated to what you do. So, like, I'm very... I'm very confident in you. And I'm so excited because I know what's going to happen. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate oh, that. Girl, you're welcome. You already know. You already know the vibes. Back in November, I started therapy. I had to um stop it temporarily only because I was like, okay, let's hit my pockets a little bit harder than I planned. But, you know, I was like, mm -hmm. but I hit up my therapist. I was like, I'll be back. She was like, all right, bet. I was like, cool. So, but like therapy, like one thing that was non-negotiable for me was my therapist had to be a black woman. Like I, I, I think, I think I was suggesting maybe like, cause I did it um through this app called BetterHelp, whatever. Okay. And I was like, you know what? It's time. I was dealing with a lot of shit. I was like, I'm fed up. It's time to go ahead and start therapy. And I already wanted to start therapy, but like, I was really like, <laughs> like really thrown into just go ahead and, you know, really doing it. And yeah, so I remember like they gave me, they were like, we're going to find a match for you based off of your needs. I was like, all right, bet. So first person they gave me was a white man. I said, no. And what's wild is that I think that if I'm not mistaken, one of the options that they gave me on there was, oh, so is like, do you have a preference? And I was like, yes, yeah, like a black woman. So I'm like, why are you giving me a white man? Then why are you giving me a white woman? And then boom, ding, 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 third third time's a charm I get a black woman like it should have been that from the jump because that's what I needed and I think right. that you know like it really does go to show you like how <laughs> how the field really can be um yeah and it's like you have to, I think for me it's so important I can only speak for myself but I think I, I mean I think the same thing could be applied to other black people too like when going in therapy you just can't be having anybody help you through those things there's just some things that only black people can understand definitely you know what i'm saying like i can't talk to a white man about my struggles <laughs> definitely not a white woman <laughs> okay karen but like a black woman like for me and like the woman that was my therapist too she was very like she felt like home she was like a very like sweet soul and i love that about her and one thing that was essential for for me too was I really needed somebody that was, um, that was Christian, um, or like just a Christian, um, like, I can't even get this out. I cannot get my thought out. Like faith? -based? Yes, yes. Like, yes. Their faith had to be like based in Christianity. That was like non-negotiable for me. Like, I don't mind anybody that's spiritual, you know, that's, that's cool. Like, you know, that's fine. I need to be able to talk to you <laughs> about God. Like that is, that was non-negotiable for me for sure. No, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that because at the end of the day, you're paying for a service and you want someone who's going to be able to relate to you. Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, I did have a faith-based therapist that my mom took me to. Um, me personally, I just 
don't want that. I didn't like it. And like, there's nothing wrong with it. I feel, you know, they are needed for people like yourself who prefer that. Um, and, you know, for an example, if you use like psychologytoday.com to find a therapist, you know, you are able to do your filter to find therapists who are faith-based um, in your region. And with helping so many people, especially within the last year, who are trying to find therapists because COVID has hit people very hard. Um, a lot of my friends that I've had to help, um, they were struggling to find a black therapist. And luckily for me, you know, I've had mine for about two years now. She's black. She's an HBCU grad, just like I am. Um, she's around the same age as I am. We kind of have similar upbringings, although she's from a different area. But it really helps because she's she can be transparent. But we had those appropriate boundaries because we both work in the mental health field. Um, even though I work in healthcare, I still do mental health on my job. So we have a respect of what to do and what not to do. Mm. So it makes it easier. Um, but I definitely understand because I did have a white therapist at one point in grad school. And she was pretty cool because, you know, I was in a 757 at the time. But she was from Georgetown. I mean, granted, she was from Georgetown. She was from, like, the rich area. But she could relate. She could understand the things that I was telling her about because I'm in a whole different demographic area now. Mm. Because the 757 is very different from the DMV. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, and she was an older lady, but I was comfortable with her. But I have had a white therapist who was provided through me through EAP. And it's like my first session and she's like attacking me. And it made me feel like shit for even coming to therapy. It's like, I'm coming to you for help. And you're like attacking me. Like you're belittling me. And I'm going through like a crisis right now. Right. And so I definitely get it. It's just like, you know what I'm saying? Some things just not for certain people. I that just not. So I just, I'm exactly. grateful for who I have right now. Mm -hmm. Like my Reiki healer, she's one of my good friends and she's, she's white. And the thing is like, what I love about her is that um, she's obviously like, she knows that with certain things, especially in regards to race and color, she can't relate but she always makes it a point to understand where I'm coming from. And um, actually, we'll see if I keep this in or not. But anyway, so it was two weekends ago. Um, it was like it was like one thing after another. Like um, baby daddy's girlfriend hit me up and I was like, what is this about? Completely unprovoked. And then it, it was just like a like just a spiral of events from after that. I don't care if he's with anybody. That's not my business. I don't, I really don't care. But after I dropped off Tyler that Friday and it was, I was with my mom and Kelsey cause that's just what we do. And it's to a point now where we actually have to drop off Tyler and like with, um, he doesn't even show up, but like we drop off Tyler with his mom and, um, it's at a police station. It's so embarrassing, but we dropped her off and like, literally his mother was gaslighting me with the quickness and it also <laughs> this also showed me how how much more healing I have to do because she's one of my biggest triggers but like her walking away from me in the middle of me speaking to her was like so disrespectful like I was talking to her with the tone I have now like I was just chilling and like she was fussing at me and all this kind of stuff and I like snapped like I I went off and like I had to like really reel it in because there were a couple of police officers looking at me like, okay, this bitch is crazy. Like there was a white woman walking up on me and I was like, nah, fuck that. I'm getting in the car. <laughs> like I'm not doing this, you know? And then I spoke to my Reiki healer sometime that evening. You know, we, I, I can't remember how race came up. I think it was because of the police officers, but 
Um, oh, I think she asked me if my experience would be different if like I had, you know, well, the one police officer that was trying to calm me down was a black man, but she asked me like it had the like would the con uh, the conversation and like just the whole thing go down differently if it was a white person in my face. I was like, absolutely. I was like, I would have been locked up right then and there. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah you know what I'm saying? It's um it was definitely a true test of my patience. And I just who God, like and I'm grateful, like, and like we had a whole conversation about race and, you know, like inequality and injustice and things like that. And I, I'm not going to say she's woke because I just I get so tired of that term. But like she's well aware. She understands like the issues that go on. And I'm very grateful for that. But going back to your therapist, though, I definitely 100 <laughs> percent want to get her information because I'd love to talk to her. For sure. Definitely. I can definitely um hand you that once we're finished. Dang. She just opened up her own practice um about two weeks ago. So they had the website up and they had different services um that you'll be able to see on the website. And not just her, but there's other therapists at yeah. the practice as well. They are black women. Mm, I'm here for it. I got you. I'm excited. What would you say is the main thing that influences the decisions you make? Um, I could say the main thing is putting me first. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't say that in a way that I'm all I'm selfish. Um, but I can't remember and grasp. No, it's actually undergrad. One of my English professor, he was saying, you know, basically, sometimes we have to be selfish for a self love purpose. And ever since then, I've always taken that I always try to make decisions that I know will benefit me in the long run, because sometimes we make bad decisions, bad choices. Uh, we learn from those, but I always try to make a decision mm -hmm. based on how it's going to help me. Because at the end of the day, I'm the one who got to deal with the situation right. or deal with whatever choice I made, whether it be good or bad. Mm. Wow. That look, as, as, as soon as you said that, I started typing it. I was like, we have to be selfish. <laughs> you know, and my question to you was this, like, are there times that you feel like you're being selfish, even if you are honoring yourself? Yes, um, I can say that. I think I have. OK, so I am an only child and I do have only child tendencies at times. I try not to be that way because, you know, I grew up, we have a big family. Right. Um, You know how big our family is. And even my mom, my mom is in the corner. My dad is. Well, my mom's side family, definitely is big as well. Um, so like, I know how to share, but I do have my moments when I just don't want to be dealing with nobody. I don't want you in my space. I'm not trying to share my space with you, like mm -hmm. the living room or nothing. That's why I can't have a roommate. Um, right. That's just how I am. I could be somewhat greedy at a point, not saying food wise, but just about what's going on around me. I'm just being selfish, like, get away. This is mine. This is my space. I don't want you in it. I get that, though. No, I get that. Like, sometimes, like, <laughs> I, like, I try to get my space, but it be, it, it, it's a little hard sometimes. Like, Tyler, she be wilding. And I just be vibing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, cool. So, like, the time that, or rather, the only time I really have to myself is when she's away for the weekend. I'll be like, who, mama needs, like, a little second real quick. You know, one thing I want to talk about, too, because, like, you briefly touched on it just now. I introduced you with it. You know, I, is there, cause I'm trying to figure out how Kelsey wanted me to ask this question. Would you say 
Or has there been anything with like our family dynamic, like our family history, like that has impacted you in some ways? Um, not really. Mm. Um, I wasn't really the one. I'm a corner. I'm a corner. Like I, cause I don't want that attention. I don't like attention. You, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and. I can say, okay, so when I was in, I know I got a lot of stories, but when I was in grad school, I was telling a professor about my family history background, and she was originally from, like, Petersburg, Virginia, I think. She started asking me some questions, and I had to go, like, to my grandma and ask her, and we got connected in a sense, and it kind of helped my relationship with that professor become more stronger mm. but I don't think it outside of that doesn't really benefit me much um it, it's weird because like when I go to my dentist my dentist okay for one she's black I can say that she's a black woman HBCU grad as well and one of our cousins is the hygienist there Tiffany Quander is the hygienist and one day Tiffany was there but she wasn't working on my teeth at the time mm-hmm. this was literally like last month oh wow and I was telling the other girl I was like yeah Tiffany's my cousin but I don't know if she's here today and she was like oh you a quander <laughs> I was just like yeah and she was just like oh my gosh it's like a lot of y'all I know about y'all See? and you know quander road <laughs> yeah I, I hate that I really hate that um it's a thing I have been- <laughs> It is, and I'm like, oh god, here we go with this shit. <laughs> like, please. <laughs> um, but I do have, you know, I have been put in situations uh, where certain people have made comments about the Quanders, um, that they're uppity people. They think they're, they they think they're better than. Sorry for like losing my train of thought. They think they're better than people. Uh, because they got the good hair and they're lighter skin. Yeah. I've had oh, that oh, wow. I haven't heard that. <laughs> I've had that experience before um, with somebody, with an older person. This is an older person who had said this about us. And I was just like, oh, okay. Wow. Um, See, I haven't, yeah. I haven't heard the light. Well, at least not yet. I haven't heard the light skin, the hair. I've heard the uppity, but not the other two. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh I didn't mean to cut you off. Keep going. I'm listening. No, you're fine. You know, but it's basically was it was an older person. It's like you know they always thought they were better than everybody, and I'm like, oh well, I don't think that, but okay, go off. Right. Um, but yeah, that is one thing. Yeah, that's like the about the thing that I've you know had. Like, you know, like for me, like I take you know me, like I take a lot of pride in it. I'd be like, yes, like we out here, but like. <laughs> I uh-huh. think for me, the only negative thing that comes from it is the fact that <laughs> I've noticed over the years that people will, well, first and foremost, people would like talk shit about me, like, and like try to bash me because I'm a quander. I'm like, I can't help what my bloodline is. I can't help who my family is. <laughs> like, and I'm sorry for taking pride in that. Like what? Anyway, cause like if it yeah. was them, they would do the same thing. But like, that's besides the point like I would get like bashed and like people would talk trash about me and I'm like I don't understand what the issue is but then over the years you know especially like with you know aka's and stuff like that like obviously the more you know um concentrated the sorority became a lot of people tried to befriend me because of it like they'd be like oh you're a quant oh hey girl 
hey, oh, let me find out. Like, I can't wait to tell so-and-so. And I'm like, yo, chill out. Like, it's, it's not that deep. Like, yes, I take pride in it. But, like, I don't, I don't like that that comes with it for me, like, in my experience. Like, I've actually had people... I will never forget it. It was in the sixth grade and it was for Black History Month and I wrote about our family. And, um, but like my focus was Nellie Kwanda, like talking about us and her. And I remember I had to present it in front of the class and I was like, da, 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 da. our family is this, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of my presentation, my teacher was like, she was like, that's not a real paper. And I was like, what do you mean this is not a real paper? She was like, I mean, you can't write about your family. I was like, Yes, I can. What do you mean? <laughs> right. History. I was like, yes, I can write about my family. What are you, what are you trying to say? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but But I bet you if it was about us being, you know, slave this, you know, slaves of George Washington, President Washington, it'd been a whole different story. Uh -huh. Come on. Come on. No, you know what's crazy? I think I mentioned that. And she was like, I mean, she was like, it's your family, and I'm sure that this history is true. And I was like, you can literally look us up on Google, bro. Like, type in Quander family, and it's a wrap. Like, I don't have to prove anything to you. Like, if I'm writing about it, I think that's enough proof. <laughs> and, like... First of all, let me get Cousin Ro up here, okay? Okay. And I was <laughs> like... And then I think in that moment, that was when I knew, like, okay, I see what people be on. And, of course, my teacher was white, too. A white woman at that. Mm -hmm. So, like, of course, she was going to belittle it, whatever chance she could. And then, you know, just growing up, like, over the years, my mom, she always, like... It was like, quander this, quander that. Not like obsessively, of course, because we don't have to be like that with our family. But it was more like, when you see this, just know that's us type of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, we'd be on the road and I would see like, aka, like, um, uh, frames around tags and stuff like that. And, and, you know, my mom, she'd be like, you know, that's us. You know, you see that? And I'd be like, okay, heard you. And, you know, just kind of stuck with me. And I just, I don't know. I love that for us. I'm just really stuck on this whole this damn light skin, good hair thing. I ain't never heard that. That's beyond yeah. me. Oh, no. Mm -mm. I mean, that's not happening. That's kind of ghetto. <laughs> right. And not everybody in the family is light skin. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. Precisely. I'm like, I don't know what you... Right. It's... Hello. I'm like, that don't even make no damn sense. But you know what? You got it. Heard you. <laughs> What's something, what is something in life that you have an appreciation for that most people don't? You know, that's a hard question. Um, Cause I feel like I'm like the norm, to be honest with you. Like I try to show gratitude every day. Mm -hmm. um, life for an example. I mean, I will hope everybody will be appreciative of these things but you know when I paid my tithes earlier this morning um electronically I was just you know having a moment with God I was just like you know God I thank you for the roof on my head the clothes on my back the shoes on my feet the food in my mm. house um you know I'm still in my right mind you know I you know I thank God for that him to continue to supply my needs and keep me away from you know harm and danger because that's just the main basic things that I was raised um yes to be appreciative of and those are ways that my mom taught me how to pray growing up so when I do you know give back to God what I can and to my church um I make sure of those things and I did make sure today to you know hopefully this helps somebody who's in need because I know for my church 
that we do a lot for the community. Um, I go to First Baptist Church of Glen Arden, and we have a lot of things that I know that, you know, our tithes and our offerings and other things that people may donate monetary, it goes towards a lot of good things for the community, not just for the church. And, you know, those are the things that I can just say for today that I'm just, you know, grateful for. The, and I will hope that everybody else is the same way because I feel like, you know, everybody has those basic necessities, but at the same time, you may not know. You never know what somebody is going through. You never know who's struggling out here, uh, especially in these times. So I can just say for myself, those things, I'm just grateful for my basic needs that are being mm-hmm. met right now. And you know, like, and I'm really glad you said that too, because like when you are not, it's like I've even noticed this within myself and like my day-to-day experiences it's like I can tell when I'm very off-center when I'm not talking to God enough like I I can feel when he's asking me to like speak to him more and just like and like you were saying like I was taught the same way like the same way how to how to pray because it's like the way I see it all of this stuff and like the way I was taught too like all of this stuff that we have can be taken from us at an instant you really, like, you really never know. Like, I'm appreciative for every day, every breath, everything I have. Like, the only reason why I care about certain things is because you need things to get by. But, like, other than that, I'm like, I'm just glad I'm here. <laughs> like, and I think that so right. often people take that for granted. I'm not talking about, like, from a mental yeah. standpoint, like, whatever, like, battles anybody has going on. I'm talking about just, like, in general. Like, there's just some people that are so careless. And, like, they, like it's, mm-hmm. like disposable you know what I mean it's beyond me to be honest what would you say is harder today than it was yesterday um you know I'm (laughs) I'm gonna hold you um it's eating right for me um I am an emotional eater I finally accepted it my mom tried to talk to me about it I kept denying that I was um until I realized that was studying um over the last couple of months I was sh- stress eating and I don't binge eat or nothing like that I snack like I'll keep going back to the pantry and grab a handful of chips or I'll eat like the turtle candies that was like my thing recently eating turtles um just going back and just snacking it's somebody like just yeah eating and it's it's been really bad for me um I had like a nightmare the other night that I don't even know what happened in the dream, but I like my remote, like my Roku remote, my T remote, like flew out the bed. One of my pillows flew the opposite way. And the first thing I did, I got up frantic and I went right to the pantry and started eating granola. And it was like two o'clock in the morning. Oh, life hit you hard. It was and like, it's a uh-uh. struggle. Yeah, and it's a struggle. It's just like moment I go into like a frantic mode. It's like I have to munch on something or eat something to keep me calm. Like I have to keep gum inside my car to eat so that I can just stay focused and stay calm. I don't know what it is about food. I know food is comfort for people, um, but it is a it's it's hard for me right now, and I'm starting to accept that. And it's something I'm working with with my therapist, just being addicted to like the sweets. And today, you know, I had to go in Walmart for something and I'm seeing the Funyuns, I'm seeing the Hershey bars and like Hershey has this new white chocolate almond 
um, bar that I love, but it's like I'm seeing it, but I can't even buy it. Like I can buy it, but I have to know it's a mental thing. Like I can't get it because I know it's going to throw me right. off track. And it's really, it's been really hard for yeah. me, you know, to ignore those things and find a better alternative to fix my sweet craving or to fix whatever is bothering me right now that I usually find with food. No, I feel that. Like, I I have, like, the worst... I have the worst relationship with food. And I think a lot of it is because um so much was projected onto me over the years. Like, I... Like, there were times where, like, I was afraid to eat around people. So I would wait till, like, I got home to eat. Like, there were times where, like, I would eat, but I was, like, eating like a rabbit. Like, I was barely eating, like, not enough to get by. And then you add working out to it. And I was working out like crazy. I think also what added for me, too, to, like, my bad experience is, like, I have really bad body dysmorphia. And, like, it's bad. Mm -hmm. So, like, I look back at pictures of myself from, like, literally last year. And I'm like, bro. I did not know I looked like that. Like, who told me I look like X, Y, and Z? <laughs> like, it's crazy. Right. I think I'm, like, so... I'm overly cautious about what I eat. Like, and, like, I've had my moments where, like, I'm an emotional eater, and I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm so sad, so I'm going to eat some chocolate. <laughs> like, or I'd be like, mm, I want some comfort food, so I'm going to go get, like, and I'll just make it, like, my meal for the day. Like, I mean, like, if I haven't had dinner, I'm like, okay, I want some comfort food because I'm upset, so that's what I'm going to get. It, it can be a struggle. And I think that people don't talk about it enough. You know what I'm saying? I think they yeah. come like you gain so much power when you can like accept it and own it and you can work through it. I just wish that society would also make it more normal. You know what I mean? Like other people go through it too. I right. feel like some people like get bashed unnecessarily for certain things or like sometimes people are afraid to speak about certain things like that because it's just like, they don't know what can come from it. I'm really grateful that you even shared that with me. I don't even talk about it myself because I'm always getting like criticized and things like that. So I'm very grateful that you did that. It means a lot to me for sure. Yeah. And we live in a society now. You can't even like put those things out on Twitter, for an example, right. as just like, you know, some people tweet, they tweet, they're like literally talking to themselves. They just got to get those tweets off. Right, they got to get it off their chest. <laughs> And it's like, right, I'm the same way. And it's like, you can't even say something before somebody's attacking you. It's like one day we're body positive, then the next day, oh, you need to eat healthy, or you need to work out more, or you should go see a therapist or a doctor about your little eating right. issues. And then one day, it's, oh, it's okay to treat yourself. It's like, you damn, you do, damn, you don't. Yep. And it's like, it's prevented so many people from this one to just openly say things and just express themselves about what they're battling and what they're going through because you know when we were growing up back in the 90s in the late 80s the main things that you heard about was like anorexia mm -hmm. neurosis, and bulimia that's the only thing you ever heard about and that was one thing I was happy about I mean it was sad at the same time when salt and pepper biopic came out a couple of months ago on Lifetime and they showed that part um I think it was, is it Pep? No, Salt, the one that's mm -hmm. the, small, yes. the short one. When she was talking about her, um, with her binge eating, and she was making herself, you know, throw it back up because she was having body self-images. But you never hear about that with Black women. Mm -hmm. We always thought it was, you know, white women, unfortunately, yeah. going through that. So I was kind of, you know, I was happy to see that. 
um highlighted in the movie granted it was a sad situation but i hope it helps somebody mm -hmm. you know who you know, is going through that because some people are not always just going through oh i try not to be big as a house and some people are just really just trying to maintain their weight or they're just trying to stay a certain size because they just feel like they're not good enough when the size 16 is like the average size in america exactly exactly my and another issue i run into as well it's like because for the most part, like, I eat very clean. Like, I, like, I'm not perfect, like, obviously, because I have a sweet tooth. But, like, I, I'm overall a very, like, clean eater. And, like, the majority of the food, mm -hmm. like, I make, like, is from home. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's all, like, a lot of what I do is from scratch. It got to a point where, like, I started to feel like, especially when I was viral, it started to feel like I, I, I felt like I didn't deserve to eat. I had, like, a lot of stress weight. For me, mm -hmm. like, stress weight. I either, well, rather, <laughs> I lose the weight or I gain it. I would say June to August, like, I drastically lost a lot of weight because I was working out whenever I could. And then um, and I was barely eating. I'm talking, like, the most I would eat a day is, like, some fruit or a bagel. Like, and that was it. And, like, I drink some water. It was right. horrible. I think one of the biggest things I have struggled with since then it's like I found myself in positions where it's like I'm trying to understand my relationship with food again and I've always been very hesitant to even discuss it because um I think I just worry about being judged and like you said like just how how society is it's like you can't even get one little thing off your chest without somebody coming down your neck or coming down your throat about it it's like damn I just I'm right. just trying I'm just trying to talk yeah. you know what I'm saying it's an ordeal for yeah. sure and I hope through time you find your healing, your peace, and you get back to eating the way you want to do and working out the way you do because no one deserves that. Thank you. All. Like, you know, I pr it, that really means a lot to me. Thank you. Like, my relationship with food, like, it's, it's better for the most part. Like, looking now in comparison to then, I'm getting back to, like, two or three meals a day because sometimes I'm just not hungry. But, like, two or three meals a day, a lot mm -hmm. of the time, like, I'm just eating, like, literally, like, yogurt and granola and fruit because that's all I want. <laughs> Being a mom <laughs> and working so much, it's, um, it can be a lot. And then just really trying to, like, take care of myself. Like, I'm trying to get myself into the groove of, like, okay, if you really need to rest, just rest. And then, like, if you can work out, you can work out. But if you can't work out, it's okay because you will make time at some point. I have to, like, right. not psych myself out when it comes to that. You gotta be kind, you gotta be gentle to yourself and give yourself grace. We working on it. You know what's so bad? I'm almost yes. on, on almost every episode, I'm talking about you need to give yourself grace, be kind to yourself. And here I am giving myself a hard time. And you telling me, you know what? I'm tired. <laughs> it's okay because somebody had to tell me that too. it's hard <laughs> a month last month, so trust me. I get it. I had to remind myself. It's a journey for sure. I really needed that reminder because I've been I've been beating myself up all day. <laughs> the one thing, or rather the last thing I wanted to ask you is this. Have you found the purpose of your life? If not, what do you think it is? Um, I definitely found my purpose. Uh, my purpose is to help people. Um, whether it be something small, something big or major, it's so funny. Like I was frustrated earlier this week and I was on the phone with my mom and I was like driving to the gym and I was like crying on the phone with my mom, just talking to her about stuff. And I was like, mom, like I'm tired of helping people. And I don't mean this, like I'm not out here loaning money 
or anything, but I'm out here like I just gotta help people. Like I said earlier, like I'm a trainer at work. So I gotta help people at work. Um I gotta help my members of my caseload with things. I gotta help, you know, people with other stuff. Like my friends, you know, connect them to different things because it's like you're always a social worker. I feel like 24-7. It's like you always gotta help yeah. somebody. It's like people look at you and know. Um, but she had to remind me to not stop doing that. Um and literally, like, right when I got to the gym, I had to help somebody who was new. It was, like, her second day there. And she was my partner. And literally, I had to help her throughout the whole hour. And I wasn't even frustrated. Like, I was actually happy doing it. And I was like, you know what? I talked all that crap. I don't want to help anybody. I'm getting frustrated. And I feel like I'm always helping people. But I need to get through my own stuff. Excuse me, my mm-hmm. own stuff right now. Um. But I'm definitely, my purpose is to help people, whether it be small, big, that's just who I am. I'm just a helpful person. Um, I'm very gentle. Um, And that's just who I am. Like, I just help, you know, any way I can, whether it be, hey, your shoe's untied. Hey, you want me to help you get the car out? See, you got the cart to jam. Oh, this is a resource about some things I know you've been looking for. Like today, I helped a girl. I don't even know her. I follow, we follow each other on Instagram. She's from the DMV too, but she was like, I'm trying to do some classes for hair. And I just automatically, I just sent her two people I knew who teach hair classes. And she was just so grateful for it. So I was just like, you know what? That's just my thing. Like whenever I see somebody needs something or they're looking for a resource, I try to give it to them or connect them to somebody I know who can help mm-hmm. them in a way. And I really believe that when if I continue to help people and it comes from a good um from a good place in myself, God is going mm-hmm. to reward me for what I'm yes. doing. Oh, I'm so mm, come on. I'm so glad you said that. I haven't spoken to her in a while, but um, one of my friends, she said to me, and like it's it's stuck with me ever since because I'm the same way. Like I'm just a very helpful person, and I'm a very selfless person. Like I will give you the clothes off of my back if you need it, and I'm gonna still make my way home. But the way I am, it's like right. I take care of the people that I care about. And then even if I don't know you, I'm still going to make sure you're good somehow, some way. And she told me, she was like, and be- mm-hmm. she said, because of that, she said, you will never be without. She was like, no matter wh- how li- how hard life gets, you will always be taken care of by way of God. And I was like, ooh. So, like, there are times where I'd be like, yeah, Man, you know, I-, I really can't afford to do this, like, for whoever I'm helping out. But it feels right to me, so I do it. And then I just, I don't even expect anything in return. It's more like, I know at the end of the day, like that that statement, that conversation that she had with me just lives rent-free in my head. And it's like, some people are just called to do that. Some people are just called to be giving and helpful and nurturing. And I'm, I'm so glad that you just remain you through it all. Like, I know it's overwhelming for sure. Like it has its moments, like you just said, like you had that moment earlier this week, but I'm really glad that, I mean, it's good to know that you're going to always be good. And, like, that's what you do. You know what I mean? Yeah. My heart is so full. Is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners with? And how can they keep up with you? I just want to leave the listeners with, you know, be grateful for what you have. Um, Keep your head up with whatever you may be going through. And that's all I want to leave everybody with. And just be Mm -hmm. happy. And just find one thing to be grateful for. Anything you can find. And live your life. Have fun. You know what I'm saying? Um, and if you want to, you can follow me on Instagram. My IG is pretty measly. So that's P-R-E-A-T-T-Y-M-E-A-S 
B-A-N-S-H-E-E-B-U-T-T-L-Y. And on Twitter, you can find me at Banshee Butters. That is B-A-N-S-H-E-B-U-T-T-A-Z. Oh, I love it. Oh, I'm so excited. And with that being said, thank you for joining me. I'm so happy you did this. I'm sorry it wasn't like on my A-game today, but it's just the fact that you still even made time for me and thugged it out with me because I'm like all over the place. <laughs> No problem. Thank you for having me. This is my first time doing a podcast. Yes, I'm definitely going to have you back. I'm going to have you back for sure. Yes. Yes. Please have me back. (laughs) And then as always, thank you to my listeners for tuning in to another episode of Cookies and Conversation. And until next Thursday, we're out. Boop, boop.